So I have a five-year-old, Judah, uh, and he's he will either be the president of the United States or I don't I don't know what. Or the president <laughs> of the cell block. Or yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast. So we're hanging out this morning with one of our newest artists. This is Thrive Worship out of Bayside Church in Sacramento. Taylor and Corbin, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. All right, so worship artists compared to what our normal artists would be if they were coming in here. Do you all keep the same kind of hours as most normal artists do? (laughs) That's a great question. I feel like we pull double duty. Yeah. (laughs) I work the normal hours, but still the creative hours. Yeah, it's totally it. it's double duty because uh, we're you know we're church kids and we love doing what we do at church, but then we also love what we do with Thrive Worship. So it's kind of both. Yeah. So when was the last time you all were up at six o'clock in the morning? <laughs> well, we both have young kids. So, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm up. My daughter, for whatever reason, pretty consistent up at four forty-five a.m. every really? morning. So I'm a bit of a morning person to begin with, but yeah. that's a little early. Taylor, what about you? It's a common occurrence. Yeah, I've, so I have two boys. I have one on the way, and wow. yeah, we probably get up six six thirty every day. So sleep's not a not in abundance in this season, but it's all good. Yeah, Bayside Church, Lincoln Brewster inspired. Maybe am I, am I remember that correctly? Yeah. Oh yeah, Lincoln's been there for twenty years now, and okay. we've spent a ton of time with him. Uh, I actually toured with him for a couple of years. Wow. Um, we've written a lot with him, um, written singles with him, done all that. So yeah, he's it's. It's definitely uh, something he's been a part of for a long time. How long have you all been at the church there at Bayside? So I actually grew up at the church. I was actually at the second or third service that Bayside ever had. So wow. I got to kind of see it grow to what it, what it has been. So it's been, yeah, 20, 20 something years. Yeah. yeah, I've been there uh, for 21 years. I started coming when I was eight. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's been so cool. So Corbin and I used to like take guitar lessons together and lead worship in youth, youth groups. So it's been fun to get to you know, grow over the years together. It's been fun. New EP out called Mm -hmm. Let's Have Church. Yes. For people that haven't grown up in church, what does that mean? We're going to have church right now. It's a fantastic question. Well, I think that's what's kind of cool about, you know, our church specifically is we we had this mantra kind of when we first started the church, um, which was uh, 25 years ago. And we actually, it was kind of crazy. We had two copycat teenage suicides. Wow. And uh, our founding pastor Ray Johnston said, we got to start a church here that, um, you know, is something that teenagers want to come to, yeah. you know? And so we have this mantra going around, we're a church for people who don't like church. Oh, cool. Um, so honestly, it's, I'd say for us, you know, I grew up at the church at Bayside. So for me, I don't really have the experience of being at, you know, maybe a more traditional uh, church service, but I would say what I do love about our church is that it um, doesn't matter what your background is doesn't matter what your story is, which is even better. Um, you're welcome, and it, honestly, you can be fed. Yeah. So question then, growing up in church, how many times did you all get in trouble while you were in church? <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I, I don't know that I ever got in trouble. I think I was I was like the, the nerdy, quiet kid in the back for so many years. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know that's the problem is we're we're musicians, so we were spending way too much time trying to learn how to play guitar and impress people. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So no worries about you all cutting church or anything uh, like that. Your parents like saying, that. where were you? I didn't see you in you the service. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny, my mom would actually, like, take away church as a punishment. Like, we, yeah. we loved going to our church. And so, uh, yeah. no, it would be like, oh, well, if, if you – or if I, you know, stayed home sick, then you, I couldn't go to youth group. <laughs> wow. 
I remember my parents doing that. I remember saying, I can't believe you're keeping me from God. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No, they're not keeping me from God. Yeah, totally. But, uh, so how did you all go from, because obviously I went through the ministry there, and then you became worship leaders mm-hmm. in the church. How old were you when you first started leading worship? Oh, gosh. Maybe 14, 15. Okay. I wouldn't want to go hear those recordings. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I started, um, you know, leading for high school ministry or whatever, probably 15, 16. But um, when I came on staff, I was actually on our production team. Okay. So I spent years doing that before I was really consistently on stage, which honestly I'm really thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you all play or in the band? In Thrive Worship, yeah. what would you say your role is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we both play guitar, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we sing. That's kind of my forte, not so much the guitar. Um, yeah. Taylor's yeah. a much better guitar player than I am. <laughs> you paid more that. attention during the lessons? Yeah, exactly. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go from, because uh, this is this is kind of, it's fairly new yeah. for people and in Christian music, the whole Christian worship artist as opposed to Christian artist. How did you all go from leading worship in your church, and, one of you, and you all have many campuses there, basically, mm-hmm. eight, you're all up to eight campuses now, yeah, I believe yeah. so. How did you go from that to all of a sudden, you know what? We need to share this music with the rest of the world, not just local church worship. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, writing songs and allowing God to work through that medium has always been something that's been a dream of ours and something that's been on on our hearts and obviously being mentored and watching Lincoln and what he's been able to do. I think it's something that we always wanted to do, but I feel like more than anything else, I think our prayer has just been that God would move in our church. And it feels like as, as you know, we've grown in our craft as writers, as artists, that really it's been God that's opened the doors for the, the songs to make their way outside the four walls. And as that's happened, I think the feedback has been really encouraging to, to continue on that road. But I, I would say, you know, more than anything, it's an extension of what God's doing in our church. And um, he, he's just, he's blessed it to go beyond that. So we feel really grateful. What you'd say yeah I mean I think that's totally it but the cool thing is it feels like so many of our songs have been birthed out of like a story from someone in our congregation or one of our stories and so yeah I think that um, what really probably was the catalyst moment was seeing stuff that we were writing originally start to be songs that we would choose in the set over other people's songs oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, it's like well maybe there's something here yeah and I think too what Corbin mentioned earlier or church for people who don't like church I think there's you know, the heart of Bayside is so e- evangelistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Se- seeker sensitive and Yeah, focused. I mean, I think, you know, to go, we want to make a place where everyone can feel welcome and yet have a deeply meaningful encounter with God and with the Holy Spirit. And so I think as we've, you know, found our voice as, as an artist, if you will, it's, it's somewhere in this place of I, I can worship, but it's also something I could show you know, my, my friend who's not a believer and yeah. go, here's the gospel, yeah. here's the truth. And so I think that may be something that sets what we do apart. Who are some of the artists, Christian music artists that you all looked up to besides Lincoln? He may be listening, <laughs> so I don't want you to give him a big head. Um, besides Lincoln <laughs> that you thought, oh yeah, one day I want to be like them. Oh man. I just always wanted to sing like Phil Wickham. Really? <laughs> no still can't. Still working on it. He's No one can. Yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I always, um, you know, I was really into Leland. I thought he was awesome. I loved Hillsong, um, yeah. you know. You know, it's funny, the one that uh, recently, it, Lauren Daigle's voice is un, uh, unreal. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not telling anyone something new here, but I'm like, one day I'll get there. Yeah, one day, <laughs> one day, huh? Well, what would, what would the difference be between 
a traditional artist like Lauren Daigle, like Phil Wickham, like Matthew West, Toby Mack, and all those guys, and now worship artist. Would you say there's a big difference? You know, it's funny that the difference may lie in in the style. I think we all are after the same heart. Yeah. We, I mean, honestly, we're we're in the business of hope. That's what we're selling. Yeah. We're in the business of life change. Um, and so, honestly, it's a ma- it's really comes down to a means of packaging. Um, there's some stuff in in our music that is a little bit more geared towards what it'd be like on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think somebody from uh, whatever background or whatever style of music they like to listen to can access what we do. Okay. You mentioned Hillsong. Yeah. Is there any, honest now, I want you to be honest with me. Is there any competition among worship artists? You got Hillsong, Elevation Worship, Bethel Music, Red Rocks. I mean, do you all sit around thinking, yeah, we can take them? <laughs> I would love to have like a a like Olympic Games of the, of the worship artists. Battle of the fans. I mean, honestly, no, I, I'm so grateful for those guys. Like, yeah. I just... I get excited when they put out albums because we need stuff to play in church. And so they're, they're amazing. I'd say I'd feel it very similarly to that. It's almost like we don't take ourselves serious enough to be in competitions. Like, well, (laughs) we're not that good. So, uh, honestly, yeah, like the church, um, at least from the worship leaders perspective, like we're always looking for a new song to add and, um, you know, and, and ways to encourage people. And, um, there's numerous, uh, avenues that I think we, try to approach as worship leaders to encourage the worshiper, encourage the believer and non-believer. So yeah, to me, I go, we're kind of on the same team. Absolutely. Yeah. Very politically correct, AKA boring answer. Good job guys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What's been your all's favorite, your personal favorite worship songs as you've been mm-hmm. in the church, maybe something current, or maybe it's like your, your favorite of all time. Hmm. There's a song uh, Brandon Lake has right now called house of miracles. Mm. And uh, we're friends with um, Jacob Suter, who is he helped produce that. I think he helped write that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just just talking with him, this is probably why it became so special to me. Is just chatting with him is when they first started penning it. Uh, he was saying is actually a coat of arms for his house, like his family. Yeah. Say in our family we believe these things. So it was kind of cool to hear like, okay, now that's become a coat of arms for the church family. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really really special. Yeah, there's so many. I think uh, one song that got me this year was uh, Talking to Jesus. It was on the Elevation uh, Maverick City um, album with, that Brandon Lake sang, and uh, it just got me in my feels just thinking about just growing up in church and, you know, not looking at my boys and wanting them to have, you know, just a, a life full of faith and full of worship, so that's been cool. But, you know, the throwback that, I, like, these guys always make fun of me for because I always want to pull it out in the worship set is, Agnes Day. Oh, Michael yeah, <laughs> for sure. So love that one, Timeless. Didn't Third Day do that too? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but they right. did it as well too. Yeah. Okay, no shout to the Lords or nothing like that. Really old school. Well, or might be. Have you all heard of that one? Oh, <laughs> Probably more of the hymnals out there. I'm, I'm kidding. Played, <laughs> played more, more times than I can say. What does worship, the word worship, really mean to you guys? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it comes down to like more of a life posture for me. Like it's it's less about music and more about, you know, Romans 12, are you daily offering your body as a living sacrifice? That That's worship to me. And I think mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool to be able to express that and to help, um, you know, people encounter worship in a more tangible way with music. But it really, to me, it all comes down to where's your life at? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's that Romans 12 one. Uh, it's, a, it's a lifestyle, like Corbin said. I think we get in trouble when we relegate 
the term worship just to the 15 minutes, 20 minutes on Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. Because I think it is an overflow. And I think, you know, so much of what we do in, in our hearts is, as worship pastors is to go, man, this is, a, this is a setting where you can encounter the presence of God. It's a setting where we can recenter ourselves. That I think we were, we were made to be in worship 24-7, you know, uh, pray, pray without ceasing all these different things. And so, um, yeah, so I, I love, I think the worship environment is like a culmination of all of it together. Um, but it's really all transcending. Yeah. Is worship, as you're saying it now, as you're describing it, is that normal and natural in your families being worship leaders? I mean, did your kids all come out of the womb with their hands lifted high, you know, <laughs> singing shout to the Lord or whatever? Uh, you know, it's fun. This has been like really special. Uh, obviously, so uh, I help produce our album. So in our house, I have a studio and it's constantly looping, you know, a 30 bar section. So my, in some regards, my wife gets super annoyed listening to <laughs> me play it over and over. But what's really cool is um, my, my daughter is almost two now. And when we were working on the album, one of the songs uh, in particular, there's a line where it, uh, it says, watch the door swing wide open. And uh, one one day, just like out of, I just, you don't realize what your kids are observing. But she's sitting in there um, in the studio with me, and I'm looping that bridge. And all of a sudden, I look over, and she just goes wide and opens her arms up super <laughs> wide. I was like, oh, my gosh. That was really cool. I f- and, uh, you know, to your question, I go, like, I hope that's the case. As she gets mm-hmm. older, I hope that our house feels like uh, a place where getting lost in worship it can be normal. Yeah. Um, and it's not a weird thing. Um, yeah. And I think it's also back to my my previous point, I think like it, it's even in their, our conversations. You know, I think my wife and I have had some just incredible conversations this year that I would put in the category of we were worshiping God, but we were just talking about finances or we were talking about mm. uh, going on dates. Um, mm. But it, it's, you know, that centering of where is your where is your family? Where is your house? Um, like, where's the foundation of all of yeah. that? Yeah, gotcha. I think. So my wife is a worship leader at the church as well. Okay. Um, she's on the, the EP. So our kids will either absolutely love music or hate it. There, there <laughs> will be no in between, but we're there singing all the time. It's it's awesome. It's a blast. Well, let's help mom out then. You mentioned a good point. Let's say that your kids, as they grow up, they start to get apathetic about worship and just kind of taking it for granted. And it is just the 15 minutes after the announcements before the pastor, you know, speaks, that type of thing. How would you, what would you, what kind of advice would you give mom to say, hey, why don't you try this? Or mm-hmm. what can you do this to help prevent that or correct that if it's already going on? Man, that's a great question. You know, I, I think I think church only becomes boring when we we take our ability to be honest before the Lord out of it. And I think just to get to that place with Jesus and, and just go, I'm, I'm having trouble connecting right now. Here's what I'm going through. I, I just think sometimes like we get in a place where we feel like we have to even put on a face hmm. with God. And I feel like when you can take that mask off and just go, yeah. I'm jacked up, you know, I'm not perfect. That's when I think we can actually receive grace and we can actually step into a place where this becomes a relationship and it's not it's not just, you know, liturgy that we're doing once a week to check a box. So I feel like that that's changed everything for me. That's a great answer. You should be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think I would reiterate so much of that. Yeah, I think like uh, there is so much power in honesty and, and just being 
willing to have hard conversations. That's what we talk about a lot is ministry is just a series of hard conversations, <laughs> whether that's with, you know, the people you're working with, with your family, with God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it really does boil down to how authentic can you portray the relationship between your own walk um, for your kids and go, you know, if, if I'm in constant communion with God, if I'm displaying that with my wife and I's actions, um, you know, the, the hope is that my kids would then follow suit. Gotcha. Bayside Church in Sacramento, California. Um, worship is such a big part of that church. Yeah. I've never had the pleasure of being able to be there, but oh, I understand that. Oh, yeah, no. tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me about it. Uh, I'll carry your guitar case. Um, <laughs> you know, Thrive Worship, obviously you all come from there. But I also saw you have a school of worship. Yeah. What's up with that? What courses do you have there? Well, it's actually it's awesome. Um, so we started about seven or eight years ago. And really just went like, hey, we've kind of had a an unofficial version of this for years where people come through uh, the church and they get trained. We, right. We're really big on let's let's develop the next generation. It's always been a big part of our church. And so we kind of just formalized what we had already been doing. And then very thankful we partnered with a university out in um, Florida to then accreditate what we're doing. Oh, cool. And so um, you can actually come and be a part of the the worship school training, the leadership school training, production school training, but then on top of that you can get a degree, which is super cool. Yeah. And you can live in Sacramento. Exactly. Which is pretty awesome. Have you all noticed a big difference uh, in your, I don't know how much you've been here in the South, but what's what's some of the biggest differences, life in Sacramento versus life here in the South? Uh, Weather, for sure. The South is not on fire constantly, (laughs) (laughs) as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, the the weather's a big one, the fires for sure. You know, it's funny, um, we co- we do come out to Nashville a lot. We come out to uh, just the East Coast quite a bit, actually. And um, the, normally it's in like June or July, so you have all these thunderstorms and, right. and rain. So that's one thing that's a little different. Um, but it's not, in Sacramento, it's like kind of you pick your poison here because in Sacramento it's 105 and just like blazing the whole time. But it is sunny, which I'm a... I'm preferable to that. <laughs> yeah. So my mom's from Memphis. Uh, my, I have family in Nashville, and I've always loved coming out here. I feel like just it's uh, it's like a family feel. You can just kind of feel it when you're out here. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love it out here. I'll have to make my way out here one day. Yes. So. If you had to describe the average mom in Sacramento, what would she be like? <laughs> um driving a minivan or a suburban got a, a couple car seats in the back going from soccer practice to math tutoring uh i don't know what would you say yeah it's funny like sacramento is a lot different from where we're at in roseville okay which is about 20 minutes north of of the city um but i'd say where we live for sure it's that um, it, what's cool about our church too is we actually have a big footprint in the community. So it's it's funny how many people you'll meet and go, oh yeah yeah yeah. We actually go into this thing on Wednesday night. I'm like I didn't even know we were doing that. <laughs> I guess I'll be there too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my last questions here, and uh, by the way, this will determine whether we start playing your music or not. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm go. kidding. Fall yay or fall nay? That's a nay for me. <laughs> oh, fall yay. Really? Yeah. Mm, man, we're divided. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm a summer boy. Yeah, I am too. And so I'll give you one point since he answered first for that one there. <laughs> um, pumpkin spice kind of people or, or not? 
I would be okay if the pumpkin flavoring disappeared from the planet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready for the Christmas flavors. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, there's actually eggnog you can get in the grocery stores now. Are, Are you, you all egg- eggnoggers? I'm not. I grew up an eggnogger, and then one day I decided it's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree with you there. All right, favorite Thanksgiving dish. What's that one dish that when you say Thanksgiving, your mind goes there, and you can almost taste it and salivate because of it? That's easy. Sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Pecans or marshmallows? Pecans on top. No marshmallows. Pecans on top. Brown sugar. It's basically dessert. I don't know why we put that on the dinner plate, but it's the best. I mean, it's it's all about the turkey. Really? It's all about the bird. What's the best way you've had the turkey prepared? Uh, Last year, we... We got really intentional, cooked this thing all day, put all the herbs under So you the, roasted it? Roasted it. We put all the herbs and rosemary and all these different things and cooked it for a long time. And uh, it's, it was great. Butter everywhere. Butter makes everything better. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I grew up with roasted turkey. Okay. Uh-huh. And then my wife or somebody bought me one of those deep fryers. You know, there the big old pot that can blow go. up yeah. and burn your house down yeah, type exactly. thing. I never knew turkey was supposed to be moist. And I did it. It was fantastic. And then my kids got me a, a smoker here a couple of years ago. And nice. so I've been doing it that way. That's, uh, That's what I did last year. Yeah. Was it really? You smoked a turkey? Delicious. Your pit Absolutely. boss? Oh, yeah. I don't have a pit boss. I have a big green egg. Okay. Uh, I'm, All right. I'm in the market for an it's offset. California guys. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm in the market for an offset one. Let's, let's get the real deal going. But uh, yeah, no, I honestly, that is, I, I actually felt the same way. I'm like, oh, turkey is actually okay if you cook it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me give you another tip on your sweet potatoes. If you have people in your family that want the marshmallows and okay. you have someone with pecans, do them in lines. Like do a line of pecans, oh, line of marshmallows, line of pecans, line of marshmallows. Okay. Both way. I'm stealing you that. You can do that this year. Um, when is it okay to put up your Christmas decorations? Okay, I've, I've changed on this. I used to be... Uh, not I don't to, blame it on COVID if not, you've changed it. No, I, it wasn't okay. because of COVID. Uh, the... I used to be after Thanksgiving. You yeah. could, uh, whatever it is, the Friday, Black Friday after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. I was like, okay, that's good. Now I feel like I've, and probably this is like the last four or five years, I've been kind of like wanting to just skip through all the other holidays and get to Christmas. So I'm, I've been going really early with Christmas decorations. Oh, man. Yeah, I think you got to wait till after Thanksgiving. We don't give Thanksgiving enough credit. Amen. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. I agree. All right, you're still in good graces here. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your kids. You already mentioned them already. Yeah. So I have a five-year-old, Judah, uh, and he's he will either be the president of the United States or I don't I don't know what. He's he the president <laughs> of the cell block. Yeah. Or something yeah. Yeah. like that. Yeah. That's good. Uh, he's awesome. And then my uh, my younger boy, Jonah, he turns three next month. He's the cutest kid on the planet. Yeah. And then we've got another boy coming uh, in January. What's the J name for him? We're, I don't know. We've been <laughs> just coming through the Bible, Je- Jehoshaphat. Yeah. So we'll see. Isabel, no. Yeah. no, that's not going <laughs> to Yeah, I, so I've got a, a daughter. She's almost two. Uh, she was actually born a week before everything shut down. Wow. So that was kind of crazy. We had like a very unique experience. No one could come over and, yeah. and help her. We eventually let people, um, you know, come that uh, were we were in the clear. But yeah, it was very weird. It was very weird having a kid during that, um, obviously, then having your first kid and not having anyone around you to help you learn and all of celebrate the, yeah, all exactly, that. Yeah, exactly. That too. Um, but honestly, she is a joy. We named her Elle, uh, Ellery, which means joy. Um, and it's literally perfect. She's the happiest kid. She's also like a tyrant sometimes, but uh, <laughs> she's too. Yeah, she's exactly. She's definitely in charge. Um, but it's funny, a lot of people told me before 
like um, dads with daughters, they'll have their daughter wrapped around their finger. And I, I was, I didn't believe it at first. And now I'm like that she could get anything from me. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm assuming you all have wives and you had them first, right? We, we did. did. Okay. God likes it when you do it in that yes. order. Uh, how long have y'all been married? Uh, I just celebrated my seventh anniversary. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're coming up on five. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What's been the best year of those seven or of those five? You know, funny enough this year. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, so I actually went through a pretty bad um, mental health battle most of my life. Okay. And it was at its worst in our engagement season. Um, so our first couple of years, we're actually getting our feet underneath us again. Mm-hmm. Um, but this last year has been incredible. It, even in the you know chaos of everything, it's been like, I think we've had our closest uh, times together. Like it feels like, man, like we're really on the same page it's really great yeah i think sometimes like better and easier are are like not the same thing yeah but it's fun so uh my wife chloe and i we started dating when we were like 15. uh so we've known each other over half of our life now and you know i i think just getting to that point where you've lived so much life that the conversations just become you know sometimes they're more challenging but yeah. the realer it gets the better it gets so it's been a great year for us i'd say Year seven. What's the one thing that Chloe does better than any other wife on the planet could possibly do? Everything. Uh, <laughs> I was like, when we had kids, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. But <laughs> she, she's the most like natural mom. She's an incredible mom to our, our kids. She's an encourager. Um, she's she's she has a way of just I think making everyone in the room feel loved, whether she's met you for the first time or she's known you forever. So. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know how I got so lucky, but God is good. Yeah, Corbin. Yeah, I mean, my wife Lori is maybe one of the nicest humans I think that uh, I've ever met. But definitely, I'd say a lot of people would say that about her. So uh, her grace and um, her ability to love people is is bar none. I mean, literally, I don't know anyone that does it like her. All right, let me flip the tables here. If I were to call them up right now, what would they say about you? What makes you <laughs> the best husband ever? <laughs> pass yeah, come on, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding oh, uh, no I think uh, for me I, you know I think for like we've always had um, at least in our five years of marriage we've always had a really big um, emphasis on uh, celebrating together mm-hmm. so I think you know that's definitely like one of my um, giftings in life is I love to celebrate things um, and so I, I, we make things special um, any event it can be the smallest little thing but we make it special yeah I think, you know, love changes throughout the years. And as you have kids, obviously it shifts everything. And so I think just trying to be intentional in this season about putting family first, prioritizing time, Mm. and um, especially with, you know, how busy we are with the church and and with the Thrive Worship and the team just going like, when I'm at home, I want to be with the kids. I want to be present. I want to be with my wife. And um, just intentionality, I think, is big. Good deal. Well, as we wrap up our time with Thrive Worship here this morning, again, the new EP, Let's Have Church. What's your favorite song on the EP? Uh, My favorite is Pour Your Spirit Out, which is our single. Yeah, Um, yeah. And we just had an incredible time writing that one. Uh, And we we didn't actually mean to write it. We were just hanging out in a basement. We were on a trip out to Nashville, and um, we just started talking. And I think the best songs just come from conversations about life and I feel like the Holy Spirit just showed up and we just wrote this song and 
super random. And then Corbin has his, his testimony is actually part of the song. Mm. And so to me, that song is, is um, it's really special because it feels uh, very worshipful, um, very, I think, like evangelistic, like I mentioned earlier. And yet uh, it tells a story that I think is really impactful and that I feel like the world needs right now. Good deal. My last question for you guys, how can we, how can our listeners, how can we pray for you, minister to you, your family, your ministry right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, off the top of my head, I'd say uh, we're, our prayer, you know, as, as we've been entering in this season, is that um, God would reveal himself in the church, not just our church, but across the across the globe. You think about Acts 2, and God says he'll pour out his spirit on all people in in the last days, and I go, man, uh, now more than ever, we need God's spirit to show up in a fresh way um, and get in his presence and um, listen to his truth. And so, yeah, I'd say if, if anyone's going to be praying, uh, be praying that um, not just bands like us, but anybody who's putting truth out there um, would have the platform to do so. Right. Taylor? Yeah, I'd, I'd echo what, what Corbin said. I think that we're in, a, in an interesting time in the world, and I think people need an encounter with the Holy Spirit more than they ever have. And so I think just praying that what we do, I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't believe in it. Yep. And I think just to go, it, do, singing songs, writing songs for the sake of doing it or for the sake of being an artist or trying to make a career out of it, I think that gets old really quick. Yep. But just to go, I, my prayer is that God would breathe on what we do, that it would be inspired by him. Yep. And that even through listening to it on the radio or wherever you might find yourself hearing it, that you would have a moment where God speaks to you and where you come back to the place of, man, like I, I can be healed right now. I can be changed right now. I can, I can have faith for my family. I can have faith for my, yeah. my brother who's, who's walked away. I can have faith for my kids, for what they're going to become. So um, kind of, a, I guess, lo- longer answer, but that's really our prayer in this season. So, I mean, I really appreciate that. Good deal. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. Hey, God, I thank you so much for the opportunity we've had just to spend some time with Corbin and Taylor and and just what they represent. They represent you and, Father, their ministry and who they uh, who they serve, serving you. And, God, I thank you that you have raised them up. You've gifted them. You've talented them. You've given them talents. And, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to give them opportunities to use those talents, to use those gifts to further your kingdom and to bring people closer to you. I pray that they would always keep you there their priority, their family second, and then ministry next. That's the way you want it done. And so, God, I pray you would just continue to bless them and use their ministry. Be with their family, be with their wives and kids back home, that you would always protect them and watch out for them and help them to keep that balance in mind first and foremost as they go throughout their lives. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do and how you're going to continue using them. In your name we pray. Amen. The first single from Let's Have Church. It's been Thrive Worship with us here on the Hope Talk podcast. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast.